0: Welcome to episode what do we, 9, 10, 20, 10, ten. ten. double A- digits Double digits. episode of This Week in Marvel, and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2012. I'm Agent M, Executive Editorial
1: Director for Marvel Digital Media Group and Marvel.com. And I am Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, also welcoming you to this exciting new year. Uh, if this is your first episode of This Week in Marvel, it's the podcast for all things Marvel, from news
0: to new releases to information on... Uh, new toys and all kinds of fun stuff plus fan questions and in this episode we asked fans on Twitter what their favorite comics of 2011 were so we're gonna we're gonna let you guys know what you guys were talking about the most um, but let's start right into it with the comics on sale for the week of January 4th 2012 2012 yeah it's happening. here we are it's real first up we've got Avengers annual number one uh, by Brian Michael Bendis and Gabriel Del Uh this is actually part two of a story that started in the new Avengers annual I think that was over the summer uh, definitely a couple months back so So if you haven't read the first part, I really highly suggest you get it, you find it, you pick it up, you read it, because it sets up a lot of what goes on in this book. There's a lot of crazy stuff. Wonder Man's back, and he is trying to hurt the Avengers, and he's got a full crew of crazies with him. It was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah. My favorite part was definitely Century. Century from Force Works. Gets a uh, incredible character moment while he's doing what he's doing. I liked it. I'm definitely not looking at you with a blank stare. Pick it up for century. Uh, we also, in the Avengers first, had Avengers X Sanction number two, second part of this four-part limited series, which is leading into AVX, Avengers vs. X-Men. It's by Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness and features Cable, Who we thought was dead after the events of Messiah... Not Messiah Complex. Second Coming. Second Coming. After Second Coming, we thought Cable was dead. He is back somehow, and he is targeting the Avengers, somehow hoping to save his daughter, Hope. Uh, from something they're going to do that's going to be avx related in the first issue he took down captain america and in this issue he battles iron man the cool thing about this issue is you know last issue there's a lot of setup uh you had to find out what cable was doing back kind of re-establish who he was this one it's just fight 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 from the (laughs) get-go it's cable versus iron man it's a really cool fight it's, as, as Jeff Loeb described it when he's interviewing, it's it's a futurist in Tony Stark versus a guy who is actually from the future in Cable. Cable versus Captain America it was really more of a, you know, two soldiers meeting up. This is a really a tech-based SmackDown, and it's cool because it gives both guys the opportunity to kind of pull out stops, pull out secret weapons, uh, little cheats, if you will. It's almost <laughs> like a video game, trying to outwit one another. There's some... Great art by Ed McGinnis. I mean, Ed McGinnis is a brilliantly talented guy, but he's at his best when he's drawing big fights, especially big technology. So this issue is right up his alley. Uh, I really like watching them outsmart each other and also just some great double page spreads, stuff like that. It's also a great emotional component where, Jeff Loeb is really fleshing out the relationship between Cable and Hope, which we saw in the last Cable series by Dwayne Straczynski, but he's showing kind of some hidden moments, establishing more of that and why this is so important in Cable. Uh, it ends on another great cliffhanger. Not really sure what's going on with Cable. There's more than meets the eye. So. Very good, action-packed issue with a lot of heart to boot. Also this week, finishing
0: up our Avengers trilogy of books on sale. Avengers Academy number 24 by Christos Gage. And the first issue by uh, Tom Grummet. We welcome him aboard to the book. Love his stuff. And this one, you've got Reptile's... Big heel turn. He uh, big heel turn. Big heel turn. Finally, fully in in going through with it. Uh, you've got a big scary monster and hybrid. You've got cool moments for characters like Sentinel
1: and uh, the new White Tiger. But bad things are afoot for the Avengers Academy. Over in the Defenders, second issue uh, by Matt Fraction and Terry Dodson. What a weird, wonderful <laughs> comic book. Uh, again. When we last left our heroes, Iron Fist had just been shot straight up in the chest. Uh, spoiler alert, he gets out of it. Not going to spoil how he gets out of it because it's pretty cool. Uh, they find themselves up against, I believe it's Prester John is the guy they're up Yeah,
0: against. I was a little confused by that at first because I knew the, they call him something different. Yeah. But I I had
1: known the character and I was like, wait... Is that his name? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Mister uh, John's a character with some weird Marvel history. He's yeah. a time traveler, so he may have used a different name at other times. I remember from he was in the Cable Deadpool book. Yeah, he was in Fantastic yep. Four back in the day. But anyways, the overall goal of these these this new Defenders group is they're trying to prevent Null, the World Breaker, who was the guy who possessed Hulk during fear itself and who is still existing he's basically rampaging through the world they go to mount Wundagore. this is doctor strange namor iron fist red She hulk and silver surfer they come up against prester john and uh Tagare. Who I was just reading about in a uh, handbook over the weekend is an old Thor character, uh, who's an I, a high evolutionary, he's a mutated tiger buddy, who's a scientist. Obviously. Obviously, the Defenders go up against the the beastmen from Wondagore. I don't know if these are the Knights of Wondagore or a separate group of beastmen, but it's a glorious battle. It's really fun stuff. Fraction really has some fun with these characters. Does and does some good stuff with the art. I love the way they doing Doctor Strange yeah. as this creepy, not old, but kind of like middle-aged dude. His solution to, uh, you have to scare Red She-Hulk in order to make her angry <laughs> enough to uh, really power up. And he just whispers something with this, like, leering grin in her ear. And she just says, I don't like you, but it works. It <laughs> um, actually, that's, that's what powers her down to... Betty Banner, because she needs that for a certain thing in here. But this is a lot of kind of, I said, you know, Iron Fist gets out of the the bullet to the chest in a cool way. Red She-Hulk escapes the death trap there in a cool way. It's a very thinking comic. It's a very witty comic. The characters are a lot of fun. It's a big scale, a lot of stuff going on, and of course, on every page added value you have these little old school like from the 1960s or 70s little blurbs at the bottom which are sometimes advertising other comics they're sometimes just pointing you past an ad or they're doing little cryptic messages but it's like every page you get another little line of text to read i don't know who added that in whether it was fraction or whether it was one of the editors um but it was it's it's fun it's clever yeah defenders very different kind of book it's not not what you're going to get anywhere else and and that's the beauty of it reading that book and seeing
0: those little messages i did want to see hostess fruit pie ads oh, yeah. on one of the pages that'd be nice and we didn't get any so i think i'm going to blame
1: the editorial team yeah whomever worked on that for for dropping the ball that. i've already moved on so i'm not going to look up who the editorial yeah. team was but i'll assume we're tom, past that i'll assume it was tom brennan or lauren yeah Neither of them. Well, Lauren may have worked on it. Tom yeah. Brennan definitely didn't work on this book. Over and fear itself, the fearless number six, by. Cullen Bunn with Matt Fraction and Chris Yost. Uh, Art by Mark Bagley and Paul Pelletier. You know, I know this is an every other week series, but didn't we just talk about the last issue last week? It feels or, like it. Or are we just doing this podcast so often that I'm just... We're
0: doing it. We're doing this
1: podcast weekly. Uh, weekly. I hate to break it to you. That makes sense. Um, I don't know, the holidays and everything else. Look, I'm happy to get another new issue of The Fearless. Yeah. This was a good one. Um, again, it's the split action between Valkyrie and Sin, although they're actually starting to come together. Yeah. I think. It's kind of cool. They're at the halfway mark. And, and it's, it's it's kind of cool. I, I feel like Colin Bones really built a sense of anticipation with these two separate stories between Valkyrie and Sin. I really want to see them butt heads clash up. And in this one, we've got Valkyrie kind of taking a little sojourn. We see a little more of her past with Odin. We find out why she is after these hammers, which I won't give away here, but it's a, it's a very uh, heavy reason. Yeah. And then she goes to the current... Asgard to talk to the All Mother, kind of update them on the quest. That's kind of the quiet part of the book. Uh, there is a guest appearance by our favorite character, Kid Loki. Very <laughs> brief, doesn't really get to do much. But the bulk of the action, the really cool stuff, is that Sin and Crossbones hit, and their their team of DOA, the old school '90s villains, comes on is brought in back. Hobbs. Um, <laughs> they hit Project Pegasus. To get one of the hammers, I think it's Absorbing Man's hammer. Sure, I'm not 100% sure. It's got a chain. It's got the chain, it's got on, a it. chain yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. That was his. But the Avengers are there. In this case, the Avengers being Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye spider woman and mockingbird which is a cool combo because that's hawkeye's current love interest and his ex-wife which makes for some neat little awkward moments as well as doctor strange and they brought along son of satan because why not yeah you know i would I like that he's practically an avenger but yeah. they'll obviously never make him an actual avenger but it's a really great fight between those guys you get the emotional stuff over on valkyrie's side you got a great fight here they're they're one of the one of the best parts of comics is when you can flip to the last page and it's a really cool just just kind of oh man i'm so excited for next issue moment there's one of those in here that you would think you would see coming and maybe you do but it's still cool regardless crossbones is looking for the hammer and he runs into somebody and it's awesome um again bagley and pelletier do a great job on art here it's just a fun uh serialized book with just just cool adventures going on in two different ways and I'm looking forward to seeing it all come together.
0: And a cool cameo, as always, by um, the late Mark Grunewald as oh, yeah. the director of Pegasus. Yep. Mark Grunewald, um, writer of uh, Squadron Supreme.
1: Captain America for years. Editor. Beloved throughout all of Marvel history. So, uh, and he created Project Pegasus, yeah. which is why he is the director. Yeah. Now so, and forevermore.
0: Very cool to see that. Very cool. Also this week, Hulk number 47 by Jeff Parker with great art by Elena Casagrande uh, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Red She-Hulk comes to chat with Red Hulk. But there's a lot of fighting, a lot of punching, uh, some big monsters. Cool story. After all the Arabian Nights stuff, it, it's, it's good to switch gears, and they're, they're kind of coming back to the Zero-One character in that plotline. So looking forward to where they're going with that. Also this week, Punisher, number seven, Greg Rucka, Michael Lark, Stefano Guadiano. Another great Punisher issue. Everybody talks about Daredevil. We talk about Daredevil all the time over the summer. We had Moon Knight, we had Daredevil, and we had Punisher. Mm-hmm. All sort of launched in succession. And they're all terrific books. I love Daredevil, but I really love Punisher, too. This is a, a fantastic book. It's yeah. gorgeous, it's gritty, it's it's like watching a, a great movie unfold. And the Punisher, the Punisher being the main character, is also... Sort of off to the side a lot of the time, but it works really, really well. You've got a lot of plot building and people, the the characters, the detectives who are going after Punisher, coming closer and closer to actually getting to the Punisher and, and locking down the big mystery that started all this.
1: It reminds me, what like you said, of like a TV series where there's you know that you have the narrator coming for the framing sequence, yeah. like you know Twilight Zone or whatever. Even though it's a very different genre, obviously, the Punisher is more, he's the presence. That unites yeah. all these people. He's only—he's almost like a like a setting, but he—you know—it's really a story about—it's really a story about the world he creates just by being, yeah. and how he affects people's lives. It's a really neat approach, and also Michael Lark. Does guest art on that reuniting with Greg Rush. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. They've done some great work in the past and great work here as well. Also, also there's a great ca- uh, flashback to some oh, old yeah. Daredevil Punisher battles,
0: which for me were some of the earliest Punisher and Daredevil stories that I read. So I, I really dug seeing those.
1: Yeah. I wasn't alive because you're so much older than I am. I'm like 900 years old. Um, like a doctor or something. You're like a doctor. A professor. A doctor professor. Also, this week, Strike Force Moratorium. We Who Are About to Die, number one. Speaking of stuff that was around when you were in high school. This is a reprint of a comic from, I think, from the 80s, from the late yeah. 80s. Um, it's by Peter B. Gillis and Brent Anderson, with some art also by a young Wills Potasio. I had never read Strike Force Moratory, but I heard about it. Like It's it's one of those like hidden, kind of whispered legends. Oh, this is such a good book. Yeah. It's really a neat concept. It's basically aliens have invaded the Earth, and people are volunteering to undergo a process to become superheroes to stop them. The only hitch is that if you become a superhero you're gonna die within a year. And you don't know when yeah so this is basically the first issue it's the, it's the point of view from one guy kind of in, into going going into this process, meeting people deciding whether he wants to do this or not. It sets up the world, shows you how there's some secrets going on. I got really engrossed by it, and I was like, holy crap, I want to read this whole thing. How can I do it? And fortunately, at the end, there are ads for the trades that are coming out next year. So yeah. we're re-releasing this, this whole year. deal. Is that what did I say, next year? Yeah. Oh, this you year. you
0: got to get used to it. We're in 2012, <clears throat> son.
1: Yeah, so in the next couple months, we're going to be releasing the trades of Strike Force Moratory. Yep. It's up to the hype for me so far, one issue in. Oh, it, was, it was terrific. Uh, yeah. I also I remember Ben and I used
0: to work at Wizard right. Magazine, and in the halls of Wizard, it was one of those books like the Marvel Man yeah. stories, and, and Strike Force Moratorium was like, this is terrific.
1: Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking about. It's one of those things that's like, oh, if this ever gets collected, you need to check it out, but it'll never get collected. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It, it, it's It's really different. The nice thing about this issue is it gives you a chance to get in on the ground floor. Also, it's a dollar. Yeah, it's a dollar. 90, so 99 cents. Less than a dollar. You can't really go wrong. It's, no. it's, it's a great value. So yeah, I, I did not expect I didn't know what to expect from yep. that and I was very, very, very pleased. Me too. Thor The Deviant Saga is rolling along to its midway point past its midway point um, by Rob Rowdy and Steven Segovia. Segovia. i call him Rowdy Rob Rowdy. Ooh, that's good. Let's go with that. Um, Again, this is a great Thor story, some cool action, but more than that, it's reintroducing a lot of not only the Eternals, um, but also the Deviants Mm -hmm. and their whole mythology. High Priest Gwar comes back in here. Um, We get to know him a little better. It's basically Thor... Ransack and carcass, carcass. Uh, ransacking the divine <laughs> kingdom, trying to get back an artifact, an Asgardian artifact that was stolen by the Deviants. We also get a reintroduction to Gilgamesh in this issue. So it's just a lot of old characters kind of being brought back. And if you've never read these characters before, it's a really great chance to check out some of the more obscure but really rich characters from the Marvel universe. It's a, it's a very different, uh, different corner that you can explore. Uh, In Thunderbolts number 168, the focus is on Luke Cage this week. So he goes up against Mr. Fear, who was uh, reinvented a couple years back by Ed Brubaker and Daredevil. We haven't really seen him since. It's really Luke Cage kind of facing himself, facing his own fears, Well, at the same time uh, Songbird and Mach 5 kind of tell to a bunch of people who have come from the government to oversee the Thunderbolts they're explaining why Luke Cage is the right guy to run the Thunderbolts so it's really a, an issue by Jeff Parker and Matthew Southworth picking apart Luke Cage, who he is, why he's a great hero, the art is cool and it's another building block in this ongoing Thunderbolt saga of uh, the time lost team and the guys in the present, their efforts to get it back but Luke Cage fans, this is an issue you definitely can't miss. Yeah. Also this week, Uncanny X-Force number
0: 19.1. You were talking about the Fearless and how it seems like we just talked about it last week. Well, Uncanny X-Force comes out weekly. We've talked about yeah. Uncanny X-Force every week for the last week, the week before, and this week. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about it every week. Yeah. You, I
1: love... If it's a weekly series now,
0: great. That It's not. So don't don't, it is. don't take that to mean anything, listeners. But Uncanny X-Force number 19.1 is is a pivotal issue for not necessarily the Uncanny X-Force team that you your very much used to. Not at all the Uncanny X-Force team here. No. Not a, they're, not not at all. they're not in are not at the all. <laughs> Fine. This is all about the Age of Apocalypse, which uh, awesome. The Age of Apocalypse characters that were brought in in Uncanny X-Force in the Dark Angel saga, this is all about establishing where they're going, the status quo for the world, really completely changing everything that you've known about the Age of Apocalypse. Uh, a lot of characters die. I'm, I'm not going to tell you who, but people... Characters who you have read about for years, they die, they get changed, big stuff happens. It really sets up the uh, the upcoming, ongoing Age of Apocalypse series really, really well. Rick Remender, as always, is in top form. Billy Tan on art. This is probably my favorite issue of Billy's that he's ever done. it has got great colors and finishing by Jose Villarubia, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's a they're a terrific pairing together. Uh, Billy's a great artist. Here, it just like something happened. It's an extra couple layers above where he's been. It's just an absolutely terrific issue art-wise and story-wise. It's a heartbreaker, but I mean, it's a Rick Remender issue. He just yeah. wants to
1: punch you in the hates face, you. in the emotional face. He hates you so much. He does. You. Yeah, it was crazy to me Reading this and kind of uh, as I went, associating my mind that oh wow, these are the Age of Apocalypse characters I read about back in the '90s. This isn't like a a what if, right? Uh, This is. I mean, it's an alternate dimension, but these are characters you really care about. Yeah. This is this this is the world that was established back in was it like 1994 somewhere around yeah, there, that we read about as kids mm-hmm. i read about as a kid you read about as a you know a 20 something and that uh, we really enjoyed now this is like big important stuff happening to them it's crazy it, it, it was a hard-hitting issue and looking forward to seeing the ongoing series which is be by david lapham and roberto Della torre yeah starting in march um they did a short in point one that was great as well so i'm totally confident that they're gonna pick up where they left off. Yeah, great um, issue. Uncanny X-Men number four. Speaking of books that barely feature the title characters, <laughs> but are still absolutely amazing, you and I both read this issue. It was one of the first issues we read when we got our stacks yep. in. We both were, just came to work and we're crowing about Literally, it. Literally, the next day, yeah. I think the first oh. thing we said to each other was, did, oh yeah. man, did, did you, you read, read Uncanny yeah. X-Men number four? And, oh man, it's just... Phenomenal. I mean, basically to sum up, it's told from the point of view of one member of the Phalanx uh, who is a X-Men villain group, uh, an alien race. They're basically, they're, they're tech-centered, uh, they're a collective mind who all are, are work together and they assimilate other people, uh, other species. That's, that's their whole deal. This is talking about one who was left behind on Earth, not so much left behind, but taken by Mr. Sinister who, you know, was the villain of the first arc of Uncanny X-Men by Karen Gillan, who writes this issue as well. Uh, This guy has been Sinister's captive for years. Um, And we kind of learned, you know, we always see the Phalanx as this scary, horrible group mind who just wants to take us over and make us soulless. We'd see it from his point of view, and it's so tragic because he is separated from everything he ever knows, and all he wants is to reconnect. Not only that, they don't see it. Phalanx don't see... What they do is being this horrible thing where they're taking away our individuality. They see it as, you know, welcoming us into this incredible experience because we don't know what it's like, how great it is to be part of something bigger. And the way Karen writes it, it's like, it's the most sympathetic thing. This is just a nameless, mm-hmm. faceless, alien, you know, robot creature. And you have so much sympathy for him. He's um, scared. He's, oh. he's upset. He's—it's—it's—it's oh. it's, it's incredible. It's heart-wrenching. And as the story progresses, um, he gets an opportunity to potentially reach his people. Which you're rooting for, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. Because I remember really the Phalanx Covenant back in the '90s, yeah. And basically their whole goal was to build this tower so they could contact the rest of their species and bring them down to Earth. And you're like, no, no, that'd be the worst thing ever. And here he's trying to do the exact same thing. And you're like, please oh, do it. Yeah, come on, man. You can do it. Yeah, get it done. We have faith in you. Uh, the X-Men show up in the the very back half of the issue, basically as the antagonists almost, who are gonna to try to thwart this guy and you know they fight and i don't know you guys I, will see what yeah, happens yeah i don't want i don't want to go any further than that that's that's even a little more stuff than i want to give but, oh man it's a hard change and the other cool thing is that the art is by brandon peterson yeah. who was an x-men artist back in the 90s so he was kind of you know he was around when the phalanx first came out he was one of the artists to draw them and we took to twitter Talked about how much we love this issue, uh, got Kieran Gillen involved, and he actually sent us yeah. kind of the genesis of how this story came about, and said we could we could share it on the air.
0: Yeah, he we started emailing with Kieran offline, and it, so he sent a little story about how the issue came together, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, Nick Lowe, editor, former podcast guest, emailed. Uh, Kieran to say, hey, we have Brandon Peterson available to do something. Do you have a a one-off story, a one-and-done single issue that you think could work with him, maybe with the phalanx? Oh, and he needed to know the next day. So Kieran's like trying to think about it. He's trying to figure out what he could do, he's putting together a Phalanx X-Men story, but it doesn't have any heart. It's just, he'd like to work with Brandon, but he doesn't think it's coming together. And then he's at breakfast with his lady friend. He starts explaining it to her, but in the process of talking it out, it, it just, it clicks. He gets the story, he understands what he needs to do, he starts cursing, and then he goes, boom. Writes the whole thing, nails it, messes up his schedule a little bit, but it works. He then talked about a little bit about how we describe the issue. Um, and it's it's just terrific. Yeah. And it actually, the story will make a little bit more sense uh, karen says it'll make a little bit more s- sense with the team that's involved in the issue or as far as the x-men side um, as they go along in the series so it's a great one and done issue but it's also feeding into everything that you've been reading um in uncanny x-men and will be reading in uncanny x-men
1: and he actually said to us this is his favorite x-men yeah. story he's ever written and he's been doing them for a little over a year now he's packed a lot into it a lot of good stories so that's pretty special that this is is Kieran Gillen's favorite X-Men story he's ever worked
0: on. Yeah, it it may be my favorite Kieran Gillen story, period. And I love Kieran's work. He's done great stuff on Journey Into Mystery. Uh, It may be my favorite thing he's ever written. It's so good. I want to punch it in the face. I want to punch him in the face. I want to
1: freeze it, set it on fire, explode it. I love it so much. It's that good. For those of you listening to the podcast for the first time and thinking this is bizarre, it's not. Ryan's typical reaction to something that he loves or that he likes, not People that he actually, Correct. you know, interacts with. So if anyone's listening, no need to be afraid. But. Uh, things and entities and uh, sometimes people actually. Sometimes people, but I don't think you've ever actually done it. I won't do it. Yeah. I just want to. He just wants to hurt them and cause them destruction. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I love it so much I want to punch it in the face. Yeah, it's not it's not an insult or no. a threat. No, not at all. Great issue. Beg, borrow, and steal to get this just comic. Go to
0: go buy it. It's yeah. two ninety nine. It's it's worth ten ninety nine if you ask me. Uh,
1: definitely our twim of the week. Definitely, definitely, definitely book of the week. And we saw more great stuff that came out this week, including Villains for Hire number two, co-written by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, drawn by Renato Arlem. Uh, This issue kind of focuses on Purple Man and his sidekick, Headhunter from the 90s Namor series, as I pointed out last time we talked about this book. Yep. Uh, trying to figure out what the heck's going on, because they had this great idea where they put together this crew of villains to do heists, and they find out there's another crew of villains also doing heists in direct opposition to them. <laughs> They're very confused, so they bring in Bombshell and Tiger Shark, who are two of their rivals, They kind of try to pay them and figure out what's going on. They seem to get a little closer to figuring out who their who their rival crime lord is. We know, because we've been reading it, that it's Misty Knight. Uh, They're not convinced it's Misty Knight because they think she's still a good guy. But then Misty Knight has an interaction with Paladin at the end of this issue, which is crazy and bizarre and twisted enough to make you think, Misty Knight I may have gone around the bend. We're yeah. not quite sure what's going on here. Just bad guys fighting each other, you know. Doesn't get much better, and uh, not RLM draws it very well. Yeah,
0: and I love how Misty calls him Paladin Palamine. It's very endearing. It's yeah. really cute. I like it. It's 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 very British. Is I it? would assume. I don't know. It's standing in uh, the Nandy Landings. So. There were a couple of months ago where they said something really British to us over oh. email. Oh god, we couldn't yeah. Even remember. It was Landing
1: specifically. It was like something to do with like some sort of bird and some weird food that didn't go with it andy lane is the most british man alive they're quite british totally lovely and amazing writers great guys
0: also this week wolverine and the x-men alpha and omega number one written by brian wood his uh return to marvel comics which we're very excited about and artists roland boshi and mark brooks they each have sections in this book uh mark brooks takes sort of a there's a reality within the reality that he's involved with uh basically quentin choir kid is kid omega He's a jerk. Straight up, he's a jerk. He wants to ruffle some feathers. He wants to cause some trouble. And he's at the Jean Grey Academy, and he doesn't like Wolverine. He wants to get under Wolverine's skin. He wants to cause ruckus. He goes on some shenanigans. And by to do that, he messes with Wolverine's head, which, if... Anyone out there wants to know, that's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. That's a bad move. Never mess with Wolverine's head. But that's what he does. Sets up a lot of crazy stuff. Basically, it's going to send Wolverine on a rampage, which, not a good idea. Bad move. Always fun, though. Fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, You don't need to read Wolverine and the X-Men. To read this vice versa but they are great complementary books and it definitely expands on the stories going on in the main wolverine and the x-men book right
1: over at x23 number 20 by marjorie lou with great art by phil noto who is just remarkably talented uh jubilee guest stars basically takes x23 out for a night on the town in New York City um, as X-23 is kind of trying to decide what to do with her life uh, in regards to the X-Men schism, whether she wants to end up with Team Cyclops or Team Wolverine. Uh, in the process of the night out, she kind of runs into some people from her past, which if you read the NYX series, mm-hmm. you know there's not the most pleasant people. I just, as, Again, the thing I always love about this book is the fact that it's teen drama with a character who is not in any way, a teen girl. <laughs> I mean, she looks like one, but she does not behave like one. Yeah. So this is, you know, Night Out with her her girl buddy. Jubilee talks about how hot she, how hot X-23 is, and she doesn't even know how to dance. X-23 doesn't get it, is uncomfortable with being hot. Um, just little moments like that always get me with this book. What I really like with this book is that, uh, you know, it's so much of it has been about X-23, trying to figure out who she is. And in this issue, she really starts to kind of seize sees that choice for herself after being influenced, you know, for the past 19 issues, and in the next issue, we're going to see what her final choice is, but this is really going somewhere. There's there's a cool guest appearance that sets up her presence coming up in Avengers Academy. It's a great moment with her and Wolverine, and at the beginning, there is, I'm trying to remember what which game it is, a football game, a uh, two-on-two football game between X-23 and Jubilee against Gambit and Iceman, which I just love. So... Great, even great issue. even though Gambit was in that, I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, Gambit's been a mainstay of X twenty three and I you know. tolerated him, so that's a testament to Marjorie Lou. X twenty three
0: and the next book we're gonna talk about, if not if Uncanny X-Men hadn't come out this week, would have been, yeah, been right up there. My top two picks of the week. X twenty three is really one of the finest books we have right now. Next book One of my also one of my favorites for this week, X Club number two. You were so excited when we got this in our set. So excited! Oh my God, X Club number two's out. Legitimately, I the first one took me totally off guard by how. Fantastic it was. It was our pick of the week for that week when it came out about a month ago. Um, This week, you've got crazy shenanigans on top of all the shenanigans that already started. You've got the mists from the Inhumans mutating the uh, sea creatures. You've got one in particular that attaches itself to Dr. Nemesis. Oh, God, this is so good. It broadcasts his innermost thoughts out to everyone around him, which is just, it's high comedy, it's really, really funny, very silly, <laughs> it's very inappropriate at times, there's, you know, great cameos by different characters throughout, um, you've got some Avengers cameos in here, you've got... X-Men on Utopia you've got really just beautiful art by Paul Davidson a great great story by Simon Spurrier once again the whole thing is the X-Club has to basically save this floating uh, space station slash ocean liner there's a lot going on here Uh, you've got you know, members in all different places, and they're all coming together, interacting with a variety of characters, uh, and at the same time, danger is just running amok. Yeah, there's a lot of pieces going on here. It's, it's just terrific. I'm kind of stumbling over myself about how to explain it because it's. I mean, it's good. It, it's sort of all over the place in the best possible ways, and it's just another bang up issue by this team.
1: You know what I'd like to see? What's that? I would like to see Dr. Nemesis and Kid Loki meet up. I'd like to see Karen Gillan and Seis Ferrier, yeah. Brits, team up on maybe I don't know if it's a one shot. Maybe Doctor Nemesis comes over to Journey into Mystery, but that's what I would like to see Doctor Nemesis kid Loki. I think that'd be fun. I, I think so too. Maybe X twenty three. Why not? Because she wouldn't get it. And that would be the that would be the funny part. Of yeah, it. we're um, not making comics. <laughs> And finally, final book of the week, X-Men number 23 by Victor Gishler and Will Conrad, wrapping up the first re-Genesis arc of objective X-Men, which has been uh, taking place basically a civil war, not even a civil war, a war between two countries in Eastern Europe, where one has gotten their hands on Sentinels, Uh, the X-Men have come in to deal with the situation War Machine was kind of standing their way at first, but now this issue sees War Machine teamed up with Storm, Psylocke, Jubilee, Warpath, Colossus, and Domino. It's basically just a good old X-Men and War Machine fighting Sentinels issue. Some great action, drawn wonderfully by Will Conrad. And then the undercurrent is you have this kind of political unrest going on in. I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Puter Nikstan. Puternikstan. Puternikstan. Of course. Why not? Which I believe uh, Victor Gishler made up. He didn't, I'm um, going to feel silly. You can fact check that <laughs> for us and you get a, uh, a uh, digital no prize. Yeah, this week in Marvel no prize. Um, but yeah, kind of some political stuff going on under that, plus a guest appearance by Victor Gishler's vampire team, Yep. The uh, Forgiven. The Forgotten? Forgiven. They're the Forgiven. Forgiven. You forgot them, but they're Forgiven. I didn't forget them. It's the Forgiven. Sets up the next arc, but this has been a really fun arc, marrying kind of uh, the big action stuff that Will Conrad's getting to trying with the uh, nuanced political thriller stuff that Victor Gishler does a good job with, and just a lot of fun. So, great first arc of Regenesis for X-Men. Before we get into the collections on sale this week, Ben, why don't you run down the the same-day digital comics? Absolutely. The uh, comics we just listed that you can also get on the Marvel Comics app are Avengers X-Sanction, number two, Fear Itself, the Fearless, number six, Villains for Hire, number two, Wolverine and the X-Men Alpha and Omega, number one, Avengers Annual, number one, Defenders, number two, Uncanny X-Force, number 19.1, X23 number 20, X Club number two, X-Men number twenty-three, and finally our Twin of the Week, Uncanny X-Men number four will all be available or should be available by the time this comes out. Yep. Day and date digital on the Marvel Comics app. Indeed. Print collections on sale this week. Avengers Academy, Volume 2. Uh,
0: Christos Gage, Tom Rainey collects Avengers Academy 7 through 13. Great stuff. Avengers X-Men premiere hardcover for Bloodlines. Ooh.
1: I like that. Yeah? I like that. Why Do you the like Bloodlines? Not really. It, it was Blood Avengers... Blood X-Men? Ties? It's Blood Ties. Blood Ties. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Blood Ties was an Avengers X-Men crossover from the 90s. It was right after Fatal Attractions. It's where they're in Genosha, and Fabian Cortez has taken over Genosha, and the X-Men and Avengers have to go and try to oust him because he has kidnapped Quicksilver and Crystal's daughter, Luna, and then Exodus gets involved, and it's awesome. The art on this book. Steve Epting, Andy Kubert, Dave Ross, John Romita Jr., Jan Dersama, and Jim Chung. It was a who's who. Wow. It also was the uh, last stand for the Avengers West Coast. This was the crossover that destroyed them. It was Jim McCann's least favorite story of the (laughs) 1990s. Awesome. Uh,
0: Out this week, Ender's Game Ultimate Collection. That covers, Ender's Game Battle School 1 through 5 and Ender's Game Command School 1 through 5. I feel like that's been on the list the past couple of
1: weeks, but well, you have no more excuse not to catch up on Ender's Game. It's our on our my to-read shelf. listeners keep wanting you to do. It's I will. ultimate collection now. Yes. Fear Itself premier hardcover
0: gets you Fear Itself, Book of the Skull and Fear Itself 1 through 7. So if you want to catch up on the big event from 2011, you can get that this week. World War Hulks Plural, uh, the hardcover, which covers Fall of the Hulk's Gamma and Hulk 19 through 24, that's out this week. Invincible Iron Man Volume 2 hardcover is out this week, that covers Invincible Iron Man 20 through 33. Spider-Man Masks premiere hardcover. You've got some uh, big time Tom McFarlane action this week, which we, we were talking about this when the solicits came out. It's Spider-Man 6 through 7, 13 through 14, and 16 as well as X-Force number 4. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, they flip the book so you read it sideways. This is the X-Force crossover. is the X-Force yeah. issue, yeah. But it's uh, it's a terrific issue. Uh, the, I, I love this stuff. It's, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's classic. It's McFarlane and Liefeld and good stuff all around Stand volume 2 American Nightmares is out this week that covers the second Stand miniseries X-Force volume 2 hardcover out this week that covers X-Force 12 through 13 17 through 20 annual number 1 as well as X-Force Sex and Violence 1 through 3 that's a big packed a terrific hardcover and then finally Young Marvel Man Classic Premier hardcover volume 2 it's a uh, Classic Mick Anglo stories from Young
1: Marvel Man 35 through 44. We thank, as always, Max Beckman for providing us with uh, our list of collections on sale. Yeah, straight from Diamond. Straight from Diamond. Uh, moving right along, getting back to the app, the Marvel Comics app. Uh, other digital comics available on the app this week, beyond the day and date stuff. We have Avengers The Initiative, issues number 31 through 35. We have Deadpool, the current series, number 23 through 26. The classic New Mutant series from the 80s, 86- 87 88 89 90 91 92 93 94 so it really is 86 through 94 but I had to read each one to make sure because there was a lot of them so <laughs> That's sure That's great stuff that's right
0: uh, the Cable's yep. cameo and mm-hmm. the first appearance and then all through you get first appearance
1: of Deadpool yep. you get Domino you get a lot of so that's really really fun stuff really where X-Force was starting to come together yep. in the latter pages the new mutants uh, secret warriors issues number 11 through 16 Ultimate X-Men, the original series uh, kind of winding down with issues 89 through 93. Uncanny X-Force 5, 6, and 7, one of the best books out there right now. Vengeance number 6, which came out last week, is now on the Digital Comics app. And finally, the first five issues of the current Venom series, uh, which is another awesome series by Rick Remender, which we're really enjoying. So those are the comics available now on the Marvel Comics app. And I know some
0: folks are saying, why isn't Uncanny X-Force on the Marvel Comics app? Now it is. Get your Uncanny X-Force fix. This week. Enjoy that. Collections released on the app this
1: week. Uh, we've got Annihilation, book one. Terrific, terrific stuff. Great stuff. That's got the... I'm going to try to do this from memory. I think that was the Annihilation prologue. That has the Nova book, and then it has a bunch of uh, collected stuff as well. So I think they move on to the other prelude miniseries in book two. Cool.
0: Avengers Disassembled.
1: Oof. Yeah.
0: Um, Thor, the Big Thor one. part of Avengers Disassembled oh, yeah. is one of my favorite Thor stories yep. ever. Yep. Marvel 1602 by Mr. Neil Gaiman big deal Defenders Secret Defenders
1: what yeah oh man that's it's nin- about time It's 90s-tastic wow I can I remember that cover yep oh. do you remember the first team of Secret Defenders alright Darkhawk Wolverine Doctor Strange two more Ghost Rider no nope someone on a motorcycle though you're close when you think about it let me explain to these people real quickly that secret defenders was a book in the 90s where doctor strange would basically at the beginning of each arc magically select a team as he usually does as he usually does but it would be every you know every few issues you would get a, a like two or three issues yeah a completely new team they had nothing to do with each other nope. but you got it, it, was, it was wolverine Darkhawk, doctor strange and there's two more one on a motorcycle one is a woman i got nothing all right the woman is Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman. Of course, yes. And then the motorcycle guy is none other than Nomad.
2: Oh, Nomad right.
1: during his leather jacket, long hair, sunglasses phase. Yeah. Well, did he have the baby? Yep. Yeah. And that was cool because he had the baby with him, and Spider-Woman <laughs> had her daughter with her. Um, they didn't actually come along on the adventure, but I think uh, Spider-Woman gave Nomad a hard time because he actually rode around with his baby in a little bjorn or backpack or something i do what i want getting way off topic but
0: anyway for good reason finally uh, the last collections available on the app this week ultimate iron man volume one that's orson scott card uh written stuff great stuff and venom dark origin zeb wells and angel medina yeah angel medina and wolverine evolution So those are available on the Marvel app this week. Ben,
1: why don't you tell the fans what's available on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited? That's right, because we have multiple ways of getting you your digital comics fix, and you can go to marvel.com, visit Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited to read Amazing Spider-Man number 653 through 656, as well as the current series of Marvel Adventures Spider-Man number 11, uh, Avengers number 10, Avengers Academy number 9, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the adaptation of the animated series, number four. Black Panther, the Man Without Fear, number 519. And Invincible Iron Man, number 502. Also, issues six, seven, and eight of the current Wolverine series. Wolverine number 1000, collecting a whole bunch of stories from a lot of great creators. Wolverine, the best there is, number five. Then, should be out today, we have Thor number 620. Thor for Asgard, number six. Thunderbolts number 153, issue number three of the recent Thunderstrike limited series, and Ultimate Comics Thor number four. And finally, coming tomorrow, Friday, January 6, we've got Fantastic Four number 588, Namor the First Mutant number seven, Shield number six from 2010, Secret Warriors 24, and Onslaught Unleashed number one. All right. Right now, we're going to go to Strami, who's going to tell us a little bit about the X-Men
0: anime finale.
2: Hello there, This Week in Marvel listeners. This is Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, uh, assistant snare from Marvel.com, coming to you from California, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California. Um, and this week we've got the conclusion to the X-Men anime premiering on this Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on G4. It's the big wrap-up. Um, to the X-Men series of the av- anime, we've got the X-Men. They're still in Japan. They're facing off against Professor Xavier's son, uh, that he did not know he had. It's gonna be epic. Uh, so we have that huge final battle there. You can go Marvel.com right now. You can see a clip, some screenshots. We've got some new uh, wallpapers up for you from the series, and yeah, you should uh, check it out. As this series concludes, we lead into Blade next week. So next week, it'll be all things Blade. Uh, we'll have you know new clips, a um, bunch of cool interviews and stuff for you leading up to that uh, premiere, which is a week from Friday. But in the meantime, tune in to uh, G4 this Friday, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Check out the conclusion. Lots of big, insane, reality-warping action. It uh, should be a good time. So I hope you check in. Uh, And speaking of check-in, you can also check in to uh, the show on Geeklu during the finale. And if you do so, you can get an exclusive digital sticker. Um, If you head to Marvel's page on GitGlu, you can uh, learn some more information about that. Uh, And uh, we've also got links to it uh, within all of the X-Men anime news stories that we have up on Marvel.com right now. So anyway, uh, that's it for this week. I will be joining you next week. And uh, until then, have a safe week. And I hope everyone had a fantabulous new year and continues to have a fabulous rest of the new year and back to you Ryan
0: alright awesome thanks Jami. Uh up next let's talk about news for this week Ben why don't
1: you start us off alright we got some cool news in the world of comics that has come up since last we talked back in 2011 uh, we had three sneak peeks on Marvel.com over the weekend we had Fantastic Four number 602 continuing the FF's war against the Kree Secret Avengers number 21.1 with art by Patrick Zercher, and that is the beginning of the Rick Remender era of Secret Avengers, and finally Captain America and Bucky, number 626, with Francesco Francavilla art. That's part two of a story we talked about here last week. Uh, We also got a first look at Deadpool, number 50. just gonna kick off the dead story arc. We saw two gentlemen who will be guest starring in the story, and that is Dawkins and Nick Fury. So for more on that, head to Marvel.com. Talked about how it's Tebow time for Marvel and ESPN, Denver... Uh, Bronco's quarterback, Tim Tebow, immortalized in comic book form by some of our artists. Uh, We had a little behind the scenes on that. You can see some sketch work of the art that debuted on ESPN over the weekend. Uh, Just for Strami, we did a special psych ward this week on his favorite character in the world, the Shocker. We had Dr. Tim Stevens, who's not actually a doctor, (laughs) pick apart the Shocker psychologically. Uh, We have the latest installment of our expert series focusing on Colossus. We had uh, Kieran Gillen, Victor Gishler, and Nick Lowe all weighing in on Peter Rasputin. Big time this week we had our favorites of 2011. So our our lists compiling our favorite teams, heroes, and villains of 2011. Now when this sees uh, publication on Thursday, I'm not sure which lists will be posted and which will still be in the works so i'm not going to tip my hand other than to say the results were very interesting and on one final note uh, we will be having one of our special press calls and live blogs this friday um, but that leads into next week we will have a whole week of press calls and live blogs i uh, can't announce the subjects right now but i will say hopefully by the time you get this or soon after you can head to marble.com and sign up for a week of live blogs next week very exciting stuff. I'm Actually, I'm, I'm going to be out all next week, and I'm kind of sad I'm going to miss those because there's some good stuff, but I can just re-watch the live vlogs afterwards. I will call you. Nope. I will call you nope. and give you up-to-date uh, information nope. on what we discussed. Don't worry. Nope. Blocking your number. Got your back. Uh, For more news this week, we have on, I think
0: it was Thursday or Friday, right before New Year's, we posted a new story. We are teaming up with Harley-Davidson once again. We teamed up with them for Captain America, the first Avenger. We're teaming up with them once again for Marvels, the Avengers. Uh, We're going to do some cool stuff. We want you to to check out the Harley-Davidson site, sign up. There's going to be some cool stuff that we're doing in the next couple months and right now it's really just putting your name on the list and and getting ready to assemble. Also we posted an interview with uh, mighty fine t-shirt designer Heather Carlton. She does these really great 8-bit tees. We have a behind the scenes interview with her. We also have an interview with Say Anything singer Max Bemis. We've actually talked to him before. So this is a, another interview with him. He's, uh, he's a huge comic book fan, and he's great. And It's a Marvel Life interview, one of many we have coming up. We're going to give you some celebrities, some actors, some musicians. Uh, you can see their fandom compared to yours, and, and it's pretty cool. Finally, we also have new Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Minimates on the way. These are awesome and includes MODOK. So that makes it the best group of Minimates ever. Um, I think that's a, that's a fact, right? I mean, we can say that that makes it the best possible Minimates of all time. If you have science on your side, there's no arguing. I have nothing but science on my side. All right, so that's it for news right now. Uh, We're going to dive into this week in Marvel questions, and we've got... A veritable buttload of them, if veritable. you will. Yeah, I mean, that's that's some science right there. Buttload is a new metric that uh, they're starting to use in 2012, and I'm getting on, on yeah. the bandwagon. Your science is very cutting-edge. I know, I know. All right, so the first one is from PCE underscore Dead Meat. says, if we were stuck in a broken lift for a day, which three superheroes would you like to be trapped with you? The
1: lift is British for elevator. Yeah,
0: do we need to call
1: Abner and Lanning to, uh, to, to check the slang on that? No, I think we know that. We have rudimentary Skills in British slang. Yeah, yeah, if, we it's like, if it's like pheasant and. Bangers and mash. And yeah. If metal. it's like pheasant and plum jam or whatever it is that yeah. Lanny eats, then, then we would need to. So we're stuck in an elevator with three superheroes. Who would we like to be trapped with? I would go with three X Men, that is Nightcrawler, <laughs> Pixie, and Kitty Pride, for the express purpose of getting out of that elevator uh, via their combined teleportation, yeah. mystical teleportation, mm-hmm. and phasing abilities mm-hmm. because I don't want to be stuck in an elevator for a day. Okay. So I would immediately go to problem solving. Sure. I'd go with Forge
0: so he could make something to get us out of the elevator. He would just invent something cool. Mm-hmm. I would go with Captain America so he could tell us old-timey war stories to whittle away the
1: time. That's a good plan B. And uh, Thor because he's big and has great hair. Yeah, except he would also take up a lot of the... Uh, Elevator It's okay so I don't want to rethink that Nah Okay Nah I'm sticking with it It's cool though man I, Forge Forge is a good one I didn't think of that Mostly because Most of my memories of Thor- Forge weren't From when I was a kid Was of him Screwing up the X-Men Like when he killed them all By accident Hey that, that happens spell. You know yeah. whatever but No hey, big deal If you want to If you want to put your chips on that, on that one Go for it Sure all right, we've got a bunch from Levi P. Tompkins. Levi this week. P. Tompkins. Let's see. He
0: says, he mentioned this to us before. In April, there was a death's head story in Panini's Marvel Heroes 33. Hmm. Is there any way that story might get published here in some form, here being the States? Um I'm not really sure that there are actually a lot of yeah. um, stories that are created specifically for Panini or the you know other markets that don't make it over here. It, I'm not saying it's out of the question, but I don't. As far as I know, I've not heard anything.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, the same for me.
0: Yeah. Then a question from Levi says, "Do you prefer characters like Doctor Doom, Magneto, Loki, Apocalypse, or Sandman as good guys or bad guys?" Uh, for me, I'm totally with them as bad guys I mean that's for me generally that's where they shine and I think you know a guy like Dr. Doom right now he's with the FF the Future Foundation not necessarily making him a good guy he's just aligning himself in with Valeria and with the characters that can benefit him most and the same thing Magneto isn't necessarily a hero He's just misunderstood, Uh, I guess he's not necessarily villain all the time,
1: but I think he works best when he's at odds with the X-Men, although right now he's really pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the characters on this list, Magneto especially, Doom, Loki to a lesser degree, are, you know, kind of shades of gray characters, maybe not traditional Loki, but Loki right now, and, you know, the the thing that always stands out to me is like, they're not the bad guys in their story. Dr. Doom and Magneto don't think of themselves as bad guys. They think of themselves as good guys. So, I mean, they think they're doing the right thing. It just might not be what we consider the right thing. So I think as long as they're staying true to themselves and kind of staying on their mission, doing what they believe in, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter if they're, you know, with the X-Men, fighting the X-Men, with the FF, against the FF. As long as it's, okay, it makes sense to me that Magneto and Dr. Doom would would do this would take this action this is true to their character down i don't think the distinction is, is i mean with something like i know the sandman example is an interesting one because sandman's a guy who was just a flat out bad guy for a long time and then in the 90s kind of reformed um, he rolled with the avengers he did he was he was an avenger he was also in the wild pack who wasn't on uh, the Wild Pack? Probably like 99% nobody. Yeah. yeah, 99% of the Marvel yeah, Universe has not been part not of the Wild, Wild pack. pack. But uh, I definitely prefer him as a bad guy, just because I think he's an interesting challenge for Spider-Man. Also, I don't think there was ever that kind of inherent. It's not, Sandman doesn't have kind of the grandiose Magneto, Doctor Doom. You know, bigger goals. He's just a dude who kind of wants to rip off banks. He's kinda of gotten flushed out a little in the last couple of years. Sure. But you know, I think those guys work. Work yep. better than bad guys. Levi also said a lot of Marvel staffers have been going to see Miyazaki films
0: this week. If you could have him do a Marvel film, what would you choose? I think people are, folks are going to see Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki films because uh, there's a great retrospective downtown. I think it's at the IFC Center, and he's, he makes amazing movies: *Howl's Moving Castle*, and *Spirited Away*, and you know *Princess Mononoke* and all those um, great movies.
1: Who would? Are you familiar with him, Ben? Not, but okay. I know some of those movies, so. I think I I can get an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. I think that, to me, that's
0: tough. Um, He's got a, it's, you know, whimsical and sweeping and really
1: cool films. I'm not sure what I'd want to see him do. You know what I'd like to see? What's that? Journey into Mystery. That could be cool. Like kind of a full cast Asgard, you know, marrying the mystical and kind of the mythology stuff. But, you know, not just Thor. Everybody, big action can can portray hell and all those other dimensions and stuff. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I like that. We'll go with that one. All right.
0: Uh, More from Levi. Do we have any goals or resolutions for Marvel.com going into 2012? Let's see. Goals or resolutions? We're going to do more video stuff. Some really cool stuff there. We've got a lot of AVX stuff planned. Um, More big things for our live video, our convention presences. I'm hiring a new uh, associate producer, so we'll have them to sort of throw their own spices into the mix. Uh, We want to do everything bigger, better, and more funner. Yeah,
1: I think pretty much the same. I'd actually be interested to hear from the fans maybe for next week, um, since we're, we're looking back at 2011, but this week, looking at 2012, what would you like to see from us? What kind of new features would you like to see from us? Because that's one of my resolutions to kind of make contact with our fans more and find out uh, what you guys are looking for. Cool.
0: uh, Another one from Levi. A lot of speculation about where Bendis will go once Avengers is over. Uh, What would your dream Bendis project be? And to be clear, it doesn't mean Avengers is over. It just, Mm -hmm. you know, Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis said that he is leaving Avengers um, at some point, which, I mean, kind of have to know that that's going to happen at some point. They, he can't write it from the grave, so...
1: Mm. Well, he is Bendis. He's, it could also be the, in the future. We don't know what kind of technology we'll have. That's true. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Think about it. I want Bendis to write
0: a MODOK ongoing series. <laughs> so, you can have that.
1: Softball right over the... Yeah. I, I mean, come on. You know what I'd like to see Bendis do... He, I like his Ultimate Spider-Man so much and I liked when all the kids were living at the house that I'd be really interested to see what he would do with New Mutants. And mm. it's written New Mutants. I thought you were going to say uh, an Ultimate Aunt May boarding house comic. I would read that that was great yeah. I'm sad that ended and not yeah. just because Peter Parker died just because that was an awesome comic
0: Yeah. Um, Levi says I really miss Marvel games that use sprites or shell- cell shading to get a more comic look any chance of something like that well Levi if you've checked out the Superhero Squad comic combat game that uses very much like cell shading to get a very comic book feel so play that game it's a lot of fun too Let's see. Levi's last question. Probably he yeah, says, we'll see. If, if the entire Marvel office got into a battle royale, who would be the last person alive? Tom Brevoort. Yeah.
1: Unless Joe Kubert was visiting, <laughs> then things get interesting. It gets hairy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely Brevoort, or. Hm Yeah. I don't know I'm trying to think who would be kind of a sleeper, like a like a small guy who would come from behind. I think I think Tom Brennan. He would hide. hide Tom Brennan would not, him. under any circumstances, be the last man standing. I want to say, say that uh, our marketing guru Arun Singh would stand a good chance. Cause he's a big dude. Yeah. But I also kind of feel like he would. He would. Uh, he'd, hit, he'd be a target. He'd be a a target. But I also think he would. Uh, he he'd go down for Brevort. He take the he take the <laughs> the fall. He, right. He's 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 always looking to make other guys look good. It's good. Yeah. Definitely. All right
0: question from Pat Loika, and actually a similar question from Cowhat Ninja aside from AVX what projects are you guys excited about the most we guys being Ben and I
1: I'm really excited for Secret Avengers uh, the Rick Remender Gabriel Hardman run part of that is because I've been doing so much work promoting it and so i've gotten to see a lot of it yeah but partly just because i think it's a kick-ass lineup of characters i think both those guys are really hot right now creatively and i think it's going to be a a different look at the avengers universe it's been really cool seeing what rick has done on venom and on uh x-force kind of the spider-man and x-men universes so i'm looking forward to see what he does there i'm also looking forward to uh just what's coming up in Spider-Man. Uh, both Scarlet Spider, that launch, and also what's coming up in Amazing Spider-Man and Venom. Excited for all of that.
0: Yeah, those are those are great answers. There's some stuff that we learned about today, which I'm actually kind of totally excited for, yeah. and, and we can't talk about it. That's true. Um, it's pretty far out, but the Marvel Universe has <laughs> some fun twists and turns yeah, coming this year. It's going to be a crazy year. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting.
1: All right. Ms. Marvel Girl... Well, you know what? Why don't she you get Ms. Marvel Girl? Miss Marvel Girl, she's, she's getting started. Please, please keep that scary man, Jason Aaron, away from my young Avengers. Please. Concerned, most excited for coming up this year. So we kind of just answered her question of uh, what we're most excited for this year, but the more that was just a plea to keep Jason Aaron away from the young Avengers because, as we know, Jason Aaron loves to torture his characters Yeah, like he did Wolverine. If Flash Thompson... And Shocker fought. Who would win? It's not even Flash it's Thompson. Kid, it's Kid, Flash. Kid Flash Thompson. So that means, is that, does that mean without the Venom symbiote? Because like when he was young. This is a
0: callback to last week's
1: episode. Oh, we, what did you say?
0: We made a joke about Kid Flash oh, Thompson. Kid Flash Thompson. Hmm.
1: What was our joke? We were commenting so on. Of this. We were commenting on a fan's Twitter handle. Oh, okay. Oh all right, all right, Kid Flash Thompson and Shocker. Shocker Mm. Shocker. is Shocker's gonna win I think Shocker's always gonna lose (laughs) I think I don't even know Kid Flash Thompson's powers But I You know Shocker Shocker's his own worst enemy So I think Shocker Shocker attack Self-sabotages Another one from Miss Marvel Girl What kind of food Is your favorite to get While on the convention circuit That's a good one for you Uh, Well, it really depends on where we are. That's true. Um, C2E2 actually has some pretty
0: decent food within the convention center. They've had at least pretty decent food. Um, But, you know, you're in Chicago, you get great pizza or you get great uh, sausages and hot dogs. Uh, You go to San Diego, you can get fish tacos outside the convention center. You can get some great burgers. Where else are we going? San Francisco. I would go to. There are two taco places that I always go to. I Actually, have gone with uh, editor-in-chief Axel Alonso to La Taqueria and I also go to El Farolito for tacos when I'm in San Fran. Uh, but with WonderCon being in Anaheim this year, I'm I've never really um, explored the food there this year. It's an adventure. It's it, totally, totally very excited. In New York here, uh, all the food. We yeah. have all the food. We have it all. The Every table. bit of food. At all. Ms. Marvel Girl is from Canada and Oh uh, Toronto. Yeah, Tor- Fan Expo Canada, uh, Poutine. Yeah. yeah. there's and there's also a great bunch of places that I've gone to with CB Sabolski, who is in our talent mm-hmm. relations group and who loves food and
1: knows great restaurants. So I tend to go wherever he's going. Yeah, that's usually the smart the smart place yeah. to follow C B around. Alright, continue on. This, this is I think this is Miss Marvel Girl's Swan Song, unless you have more. Over in your uh, neck of the woods. I don't think so. Because we're working off two different lists here. Miss Marble Girl, I am loving Age of Apocalypse so far. The sexy sounding lady editor made me read it. <laughs> I'm assuming that was when Jean was on a couple weeks ago. I don't think. Did she recommend? I Age don't Apocalypse? think Nick Lowe was very sexy sounding. Yeah, so. Nick Lowe is not very. All right, so. I'm on X men Annual 96. Good, good. Are you not liking stories? I hate Executioners song, but came very close to owning every issue obsessed with the clone saga. Miss Marvel girl, this is this is kinda, kinda shocking changed. and upsetting. Quickly drop well hold scary, on. scary, scary. She's not done yet. She says, I get the most ostracized for my love of the clone saga. Please speak words of comfort to me, brothers. Uh, and she hashtagged it. Love the unpopular. Well, Miss Marvel girl, that's that's you. Basically, ripped our hearts out by saying you hate our favorite story executioner song. And now you want comfort? Luckily, we are like paragons of virtue and you are chivalry. All right. Well, look. You like an unpopular story, it doesn't matter. You like it, you like it. I like unpopular TV shows, stories, movies, music, but it doesn't matter because that's what what makes me happy. And you know what? About the Clone Saga, people hated the Clone Saga when it came out, but now there's this crazy nostalgia for it. We're putting out all these collections for it. Um, People are buying it. People want to see Ben Riley back. I met a guy at a party who we were talking
0: about Clone Saga stuff, yeah, yeah. and I said, Ben Riley's dead. And he looked at me and was like, Ben Riley's dead?
1: He was really bummed. And yeah. he, he got out at the wrong time, I guess. Yeah, that guy sounds like a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> um, my point is that if you stay true to your convictions of what you like, my belief is eventually everyone else will come around and they will realize that they were missing out. And my hope, Miss Marvel Girl, formerly one of our favorite fans, is that you will come around to realizing that you have made a grave mistake. Horror with the Executioner song. And I. I'm I, sad uh, for you. Yeah, I, depl- I implore you, I was gonna say deplore because this is deplorable behavior, I but I implore you to give it another chance. Yeah. But maybe you were just reading it wrong. That's yeah, possible. that's possible. Maybe you are reading it out of order. Yeah. It goes Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor, X-Men, X-Force. So make sure you're reading it in that order. Yeah. Because otherwise you might screw it up. Yeah. That's, that's legit, too. Try it again. Yeah, no, I
0: believe you. That was... I, you have a science brain. From, from memory. Yeah. I'm going to jump to my list here. A couple questions from an Amazing Jr. 87 Will there ever be a Marvel Select figure of the new Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man? The questions that will there ever be
1: anything is just an impossible question. It's probably a yes. Uh, if you say will there ever be, because that encompasses forever. Yeah, that, that, but it could be 20 years from now. Yeah,
0: we we don't we can't say for sure will there ever be anything. There is a Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man mini mate on the way, so that's also by Diamond Select Toys. If you want to see and uh, a Marvel Select Ultimate Spider-Man, then you should just tweet at CollectDST. Our friend Zach Oat makes stuff happen. He hears from the fans and, you know, from the people commenting on all the posts and the stuff that we do around Diamond Select toys. Stuff actually happens. It's great. All right. Another question from AmazingJR87. Any update concerning Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes Season 2 on Disney XD? Nope. No updates yet, no. but they are coming. Twenty twelve. Stay, Stay tuned. When we have updates, we will give you them. There's just nothing been released yet. Um, but I think they're actually running some promos yeah. now on Disney XD for, for Ultimate Spider Man. Get hyped. It's getting closer. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be terrific. Worth the wait. And finally from Amazing J.R. eighty seven, with Marvel doing comics for Disney Pixar, any chance we see a series of Incredibles books. Um, we have the Toy Story yeah. books coming. There, there were really terrific
1: Incredibles comics by Mark Wade. Yeah. They were put out by another company. I think we're doing collections of those. I think we are. I think we are. And yeah. I think you know, we're kind of trying to put out all the all the great stuff that has come out the last few years from those properties. Yeah. And then the logical next step would be to go into new material. So. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, Keep your fingers crossed. Buy the Incredibles books that are coming out. Yep. The collections. I mean,
0: they're, they're written by Mark Wade, who's yeah. writing Daredevil. He's one of the best in, in comics. And um, so if you if you like those, then let let us know. Pre-order them. That's how you get. That's how you speak your mind with uh, comics. Pre-order your books. That yeah. tells the retailer
1: to tell us. Yeah. Don't just settle for going into the store and picking up your favorite books. Make sure you let your local retailer know. This is my favorite book. I want you to make sure you order it for me. Because that's yeah. where you really uh, really make an impact. Yeah. R C S underscore T. Squum, pow, scree, blat. What words help you feel the impact, emotion on the page? Favorites. I think he's asking for favorite sound effects. Yeah. I would say I don't have a specific favorite sound effect. Although they did some great ones in Incredible Hercules. If yeah. I remember. <laughs> um, but I think all time best would have to be Walt Simonson's run on Thor, um, particularly during the Surter saga. I think it was every time he f- took a footstep. Um, Sir, as he was walking towards Asgard, and he did it over the course of, like, several issues, he just went giant, like, doom. Doom. Yeah. Like that was the sound he made as he walked Doom and like that's the one that stands out to me the most. Anytime someone uses crackathum. I was gonna say crackow. Cra- yeah. Anything that starts with crack. Yeah. But with a K. Yeah. K-R-A.
0: K-R-A. Uh, you can put a hyphen in there.
1: Yeah. Uh, that just denotes like an impact that is just yeah. so devastating. Yeah. yeah. Crack a is crack uh, a crack a doom. Those are some of my favorites. Uh, we have more kind of comments from RCS underscore T who said Happy New Year to this week in Marvel. Uh, and Jim and Benji Morris. Happy New Year to you, RCS underscore T. Thanks for the fun show. Your enthusiasm and cool tidbits can't wait for 2012. Well, thank you for listening. For your own enthusiasm, we appreciate all your comments. That uh, reflects right back to us. He also noted, he or she. I don't know if RCS underscore T is a he. lady. It's a he. It's a he. I'm looking at his picture on Twitter right now. <laughs> Thanks to Suk and Marvel just reading the new digital releases from Spider Man Monday. Amazing Spider Man Extra number three was awesome. I agree. That was, a, that was a cool little mini-series, uh, and it's available. Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Robert. All right. So a couple from Ungaji who... It's right. actually un, Ungaje. 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 It's uh, Spanish for, I believe, the goat. Or a goat,
0: I don't know that I believe you, but we're gonna go I'm with telling it. you it is. Yeah, I don't know, you tend to lie. I would, Roll but I long actually long know this lies. straight
1: from the goat's mouth because I went to college with Un Gage.
0: Anyway, Un <laughs> writes is one of our freelancers, he writes mm-hmm. the psych ward feature. Yep. Um, this week, he uh, the psych ward is about the shocker we talked about, so you guys get psyched for that. But he has a bunch of comments, questions, um, his. Question two, Ben and I is tragedy has struck, and Marvel needs the both of us to write a book each and quick. How is that tragedy? That's fantastic for for us and for Marvel. This is a four part question. Okay. So I got to keep going. Okay. So who is your lead? Not just favorite, but one you could do justice to. Who is your artist? He, He says we can't answer with no. I'm an editor, not a writer. Nonsense. This is all hands on deck. Cupcake. And then follows up. Oh, with, related yeah. question: Shouldn't more characters use the terms cupcake and meatball to refer to one another in a mocking but fun way? Good questions. Final. Uh, I'm going to answer the last question first. Yeah.
1: Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. You Calling people
0: by foods yeah. is probably the best way to f- insult them in a fun, all-ages way. But yeah. still, it's kind of great. I'm going to call you steakhead from now on. You got mm-hmm. it. Steakhead. You got it. Shake foot. Yeah. You'll so. Shake foot. If we had to write books, I mean, I,
1: it's, I don't know, that's tough. Um. I, I, you know what, I usually avoid using Nova as my go-to answer um, in this forum, but I will use him here because if I had to write a book with kind of like the characters, I think I could do justice the best. Uh, Nova, being my favorite character. I've thought about him. I've gotten in his head before. You know, he's, he's. You sit up at night thinking about night Nova with my Nova helmet on, yep. kind of getting there. Sure. I think I got. I think I have a good Nova story in me. I would love to work with uh, my buddy Todd Nock, uh, who's incredibly talented and also just one of my favorite people. I think. I think Nocky and I could could put out a decent Nova book if tragedy struck and Marvel needed me to write a book. Although it should be noted that we have written comics before. We have. Uh, so we are Marvel published authors. We are published Marvel writers. And so in that case, I could also go to my other fallback, which would be Werewolf by Night, because I wrote a great Werewolf by Night story once upon a time with uh, the great Stephanie Busema. So one of those two. Very cool. Let's see. I would go, I would say cable, because there's just
0: so much untapped potential. And as uh, yes, I like cable a lot, but I've, I've read a lot of cable books, so I've done a lot of research on cable. I've seen, you could go into so many different, areas and time streams and possibilities and it could be there's there's just a lot to explore with the character uh i would go with one of the punisher artists right now i think they could do a really cool Mm -hmm. gritty sort of style or the fellow who writes who does orc stain for image james stokoe he does some really cool weird stuff and i think that would be a great angle for the book um but we're not going to be doing any of this anytime soon. this will not be happening. This is just a weird, indulgent question that we didn't ask. No. So we're not begging for any of this stuff. This is just silliness. No Twitter uh,
1: campaigns or petitions. Now you sound like you're campaigning. I'm not. I'm saying that's what I don't want to happen. I could see it happening because we're beloved. Anyway,
0: moving on to Figgy nine 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 says he loved the Disneyland shout out by Agent M in the la- latest edition of this week in Marvel. Here's another one for you, Figgy. Uh, I am going to Disney World on uh, Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm we'll probably super not to be here by the time this comes out. Uh, that is true. I was also going to say next week I will not be on the podcast.
1: Right. It's going to be Ben Morse, Armstrong. Just the two of them. Yeah, making magic. We'll see if I don't replace Strami before you come back. <laughs> um, I made. It could it could very easily be me and like Tom Brennan. Ooh, that's like trading one devil for another. Yeah, I'll go with the devil I know. And Strami. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Yeah. Uh, and finally, another one from Figgy. Uh,
0: what should be my Marvel New Year's resolution for 2012? I think that's a cool question, uh, and I like to look at it as, you know. Finding new books, new characters, new things to get into as far as Marvel. So, you know, maybe there's a character you you haven't explored yet and you've heard a little bit about maybe on the podcast or a different way. Pick up some books or read some digital comics and and learn a little bit more about a character you've not explored yet. If if X-Men is your go-to... Try the Avengers. If you know, if you're not into cosmic books, maybe pick up Annihilation or the Infinity Gauntlet or you know another really classic, great
1: series, and and expand your Marvel horizons. I'll go even one step further and say that a New Year's resolution for uh, for Marvel could be: if you're a pure superheroes guy mm-hmm. or girl, try something outside of the superhero realm. Whether that's you know a Stephen King book, uh, one of our other best-selling authors, Jane Austen. Uh, Ender's Game um, any of the other cool non-superhero affair yeah. that we're putting out totally yeah. expand your horizons but don't leave comics no there's no reason to leave don't comics don't read books read comics read everything yeah. read read voraciously read everything you can yeah but mostly right. comics yeah alright finish this off then final question is from Sedna underscore 51 is it's a two it's a two question series is what would Cable do if valid life <sighs> philosophy I think that one's that one's directed at you. Well, no, it's no, two different questions. It's not a valid
0: life philosophy. Yeah. Cable is dangerous. He is he's not really an optimist no for anything. He prepares for the worst, which I guess is good, but you gotta you gotta be more positive in your day to day life. You gotta hope for the best. You've
1: got hope. Huh? Hope. Huh? Huh? Good stuff. He's also gone through a lot of bad. I was gonna say, He's under pretty extraordinary circumstances, which I would hope and no one uh, listening to this podcast would ever be under, find themselves in. So, hope, hopefully, hopefully that's not a valid life philosophy. Hope one more time, there. Hope. And finally, also from Sedna underscore 51. Okay, okay, seriously, can you talk about ways for fans of the movies to start getting a foothold in comics? And this is something we've discussed before, but we're always happy to discuss it again. We've talked about you know digital comics being a great gateway for fans of the movies uh if you're looking to try stuff out the collections on the marvel comics app some of the evergreen stuff whether it's marvel's uh whether it's any of the great avengers stories um they're recommending the point one issues those are great jumping on points they are and um also something i said a few weeks ago is marvel handbook those are great just to familiarize yourself with the universe um whether it's the old stuff, the new stuff, you can learn about so many characters from Marvel Handbooks, and they're, they're, very, uh, they're a very good deal. You get a lot of information in those. We also do a lot of coverage around
0: characters and movie-specific stuff in the months leading up to a film's release. So for Captain America last year, we had, you know, both Captain America and Thor, we had a month and a half of features and stories about the history, about great digital comics you can read, about great collections you can, you can pick up and dive into ways to, to check out more. Listen to the podcast, as you're doing, where, you know, if you hear something about, ooh, the Avengers, and you hear Black Widow, maybe there's a great Black Widow story you want to check out. And then tweet us. Tweet us, yeah. Tweet us. We're uh, always up to suggest comics. Yeah, we we love talking comics and, and Marvel and um always happy to suggest stuff. It's just you know let help us help you. Hope. Hope. All right. So finally... Year of Hope. Year of Hope. Finally, the uh, last section of This Week in Marvel, episode 10. A couple weeks ago, I asked fans for their favorite comics of 2011. So I'm going to run down some answers that you
1: guys said. And you can see how certain books keep repeating, and I think that's pretty cool. And those and are would, definitely... Yeah, those are ones, for those of you asking us, what comics should I read? You know, take, take some advice for your fellow listeners. And yep. if you hear something more than once, that's probably worth giving a look. Yeah. J2Metal says... Punisher
0: Max, sorry to see it go, Jason Aaron knocked it out of the park and lived up to Ennis' legacy. I actually just have, I'm getting all the Punisher Max issues that Jason did, and he's with Steve Dillon, who's one of my all-time favorite artists, so I'm very psyched to read those. I would like to borrow those from you after you're done. Sure. Lithera Prime says, Daredevil and Punisher, both of which I've never bought before but was blown away by. Sly Cooper Cotta says, The Avenging Spider-Man is my favorite. Dylan Minson says, definitely Ultimate Spider-Man. Destroyer199 says, overall this year I enjoyed Venom
1: the most. Each issue has been of high quality standard. TwizzlerP said simply, Alpha Flight, Mega City Comics, Moon Knight, FTW for the win. With Uncanny X-Force coming in a close second. Rim Breaks with the enthusiastic Dan Slott and Marcos Martins Amazing Spider-Man, number 655 through 656. Daring, beautiful, powerful, mind-blowing, psychological, epic story and art. Pocket Full of Geek said my favorite comics of the year, The Ultimates by Hickman and, Hickman and Ribbick. These guys are doing a fantastic job. And Andrew Reiner said the late entries of The Hulk and Wolverine and the X-Men. Or rather, The Hulk and Wolverine and the X-Men, a great foundation to build on for 2012. We should talk to Niccolo about doing a a, The Hulk and Wolverine and the X-Men spinoff series. Yeah, money, money,
0: money. Uh, That last one, those suggestions are by Andrew Raynor, who is one of the editors for Game Informer magazine. So Gigawatt Conduit says Uncanny X-Force, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, and Ultimate Comics Ultimates. Pat Loika says, Uncanny X-Force and FF have been phenomenal all year long. Loicamania. mania yeah. running Run wild. wild. TV Tech Geek says, I'm a little late to the series, but Venom is the only Marvel series I'm reading right now. TV I, Tech Geek. Stinks. We're glad you're enjoying <laughs> Venom, but maybe take, take heed from a couple of the listeners yeah. here. Check out some other books on this list.
1: Yeah. Uh... The R, the A R N I E C. I'm sure there's a way to pronounce it. The R N E C. The R N E C. Uh, says Spider Island all the way. Amazing Spider-Man in the lead. Venom, Spider Island tie-ins right behind, and Herc for some great fun. Wonder Alley says Generation Hope number nine. Uncanny X-Force number twelve. And Amazing Spider-Man number six fifty-five. We are careful. Venom was my fave Marvel title. Of 2011, getting a lot of Venom. We are careful. Uh, actually works for Threadless tees. Threadless t-shirts, really cool t-shirt company. Very cool. K. Y. Mayer. Spider Island was the most fun I've had, I've ever had reading comics. And Argyle Kyle, Uncanny X Force, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, and Wolverine the X-Men were all amazing this year. Geek Variety says Dark Angel
0: Saga, hands down, and that's Uncanny X Force for you. Andrew underscore Nevin says, definitely all the new Invincible Iron Man by Matt Fraction. Tons of Cookies says, Ultimate Comic Spider Man, Wolverine and the X Men, and Uncanny X Men. Name Taken 01 says, clearly the best, most underread book of 2011 was Black Panther by David Liss. Agreed. We do love our Black Agreed. Panther by David Could Liss. be up there. Admiral Beamish says, Iron Man. He says Iram, Iram, Iram man, 500.1 and Secret Avengers 17. Osborn was pretty great too. Osborn was terrific. Well, Osborn was good. I forgot that came out this year. Yeah. Lincoln Phoenix says favorite comics of 2011. That's easy. Avengers, The Children's Crusade, Fear Itself, Spider-Man, X Factor, Alpha
1: Flight, and Defenders. Muddy 900 said Daredevil. A comic book girl said Uncanny X Force and Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Jason, 1749, Daredevil, Hulk, Thunderbolts, Ken Lowry said Daredevil, Punisher Max, two of the best anything comics going, and good old Levi P. Tompkins, oh man, I totally missed the memo on that one. If it isn't too late, gotta give my love to Generation Hope number 12. Jojo War underscore
0: drummer says Yo Agent M, you know my favorite is Hulk I create power drumming for him too I'd like to hear that So yeah, power drumming for Hulk Wolf and M says If it's not too late, add my vote for Journey into Mystery Added RCS underscore T finishes us off Is that the end of it?
1: Yeah, that's the last one
0: Says Other favorites for this week in Marvel are Daredevil number 5 and 6 Moon Knight number 5 And some older comics he's catching up on Daredevil Reborn X-Force and Fear Itself. Fear Itself X-Force.
1: Fear Itself Uncanny X-Force was actually very good, too. Yep. Was it Rob Williams? Rob Williams and Simone Bianchi. I wasn't mentioning they were here, but the two words being right next to each other. You re- did it. Reminded me. You brought it back to the floor. Yeah. It reminded me. All awesome. circle. Yep. All right, guys. That wraps up this
0: week in Marvel, episode ten. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, tweet us questions and comments using the hashtag #ThisWeekInMarvel. Uh, you can tweet them directly. Also, tweet them directly to me, Agent underscore M, and to Ben. Ben J. Morse. We read all the tweets and we respond to everything unless we're responding to it on the show. Um, That's why we want you guys to listen and tweet and all that good stuff. Next week again, Ben will be back with Strami. I'll be vacationing in sunny Orlando, Florida.
1: We will call Ryan during the show and see what happens. So. If you tune in for nothing else, tune in for that. That's not going to happen because I'm the one who's going to edit
0: it anyway, so... Ha ha. Well, know that I tried and he edited it out. Yes, fair enough. Unless he edits that out. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. This is Marvel, your universe.